Hello, I'm Yvonne Marchese, and you are listening to the Late Bloomer Living Podcast, Episode 1. Hello, I am so excited you're here with me for the very first episode of the very first season of Late Bloomer Living. Um, I am recording this on Sunday morning, May 31st. You may end up hearing some background noise because we are in the middle of this whole COVID business and uh, the family's around. You may hear some traffic. I don't know. Anyway, it's all very exciting. So... You may be asking yourself, okay, Yvonne, what's this all about? Well, this podcast is mostly going to be interviews with people who have in some way, shape, or form reinvented themselves in midlife. Uh, What I want to do is tell their stories in the hopes that it will inspire anyone who's feeling stuck to take their own next steps towards their big dreams. Um, Let me rephrase that. I'm really talking to you. I'm talking about you taking on your next big adventure, your next chapter. So this first episode is going to be a little different. It's just me, no guest, which, by the way, scares the crap out of me. But um, I want to give you a sense of what to expect and where I'm coming from. I want to talk about what it feels like to be new at something, like podcasting and Frankly, aren't we all new at this collective experience of a world that's shifting and changing so rapidly? Crazy times. All, you know, it's all this uncertainty that comes from the COVID shutdown, right? Well, when you're new at things, it's scary. And the only way through to the other side is to do the next step, the next best step. So what I want to talk about, I guess, is just to let you know a little bit about myself. I'm someone who knows a lot about taking big chances. I've done it a few times in my life, and mostly things have worked out pretty well, but I've also had my failures, of course. So the idea for this podcast came to me about two years ago, and honestly, for over a year, I well over a year probably, I thought I should wait to do it because I didn't feel like I had accomplished enough in my life to speak as an expert. Finally, I realized that this voice in my head telling me to do this just wasn't going away. So I decided that I would do the podcast not as an expert, but as someone on a journey. If there's one thing I'm good at, it's stepping into the unknown. So I decided to just bring you along with me. So I want to give you some context. Um, Allow me to take you back in time a bit. In my 20s, I sold everything I owned to move to New York City to pursue my lifelong dream of becoming an actress. I had wanted to be an actress since I was about six years old. And when I was about seven, we flew from my hometown in El Paso, Texas to visit my dad's family in Poughkeepsie, New York. And we took a trip into New York City where we saw a show, Beatlemania, (laughs) and rode the Staten Island Ferry, and I totally fell in love with the city. Now, mind you, this was New York City in the 1970s. It was dirty, it was gritty, and I was in love. And from then on, 
all I could ever think about was living in New York City and being an actress. In my mid-20s, after some waylays and moving to Denver and such and so on, I finally decided, well, I just knew in my heart that I couldn't live with myself if I didn't try. So I worked for a year, saved up some money, sold my stuff, packed what remained in my car with my cat, and drove from Denver to Maine, where I stayed with family for a month. (laughs) So why Maine, you ask? Well, I didn't have a place to live in the city. I didn't have a job, and I didn't know anyone. Well, I did know one person. He was a playwright whose shows I had done in Denver, a couple of them. So his awesome, Mark Dunn. So I called him and asked him if, uh, if he and his wife, if they would mind if I stayed with them for a week while I looked for an apartment, and they very graciously said yes. So I took a bus from Maine to New York and stayed with my friends in their Greenwich Village apartment in a five-story walk-up, it was very cool, and slept in their loft bed for that week while I pounded the pavement looking for places to live. Thank you so much, Mark and Mary. Um, anyway, You know, apartments aren't cheap in New York, so I knew I needed a roommate. And now, this was before the internet was really much of a thing at all, and before cell phones were really a thing. So I was looking in the classifieds, and, you know, the week went by, and my week was almost up, and I was starting to get really desperate. And I finally ended up in this dingy office in Midtown Manhattan that was a roommate service that had these binders filled with forms that had been filled out by people looking for roommates. Really, it was like Craigslist in binders. Crazy. Um, So I got really lucky. I found an awesome roommate in Brooklyn, a guy. A guy. Seriously, I couldn't have been luckier. He was the best. I love you, Lance. But let me tell you, now, uh, just on, on an off note, now that I'm a mom, I can't imagine how worried I would be about having a daughter do what I did. Oh, no. Anyway, I was lucky and everything worked out. And I remember when I lived there, I'd be walking down the street and I would often get a rush of glee in my bones thinking, oh my gosh, I actually live here. And and that feeling really never went away. Um, So I ended up working in New York um, and in regional theater for close to 10 years. And I have never regretted the effort. I never became a famous actress, but during that time, I actually learned I didn't want to be famous. It seems kind of like a pain in the butt, really. So anyway, the whole experience made me who I am, and it showed me that I could do hard things, and it serves me every day of my life. And besides that, I ended up meeting my future husband on tour, so bonus. Uh, Now the thing is, that was in my 20s, you know? that time of life when you feel invincible. So what I want to explore in this podcast is how to step into new experiences when you're in middle age, which I think presents its own set of challenges. By this time in our lives, we've developed some solid skills, right? I mean, chances are you're probably a badass expert in certain areas of your life. There there are probably things you could do in your sleep at this point. By this age, we know what we know and we know what we're good at, and we tend to stick to doing things we're good at. So let me ask you, when was the last time you did something new? <laughs> How did it make you feel? Uncomfortable, right? When we stop trying new things, 
we stop growing. As Brene Brown says, I got to throw in a Brene quote, when we give up being new and awkward, we stop growing. And when we stop growing, we stop living. I mean, listen, folks, we're not dead yet, so why not take some chances? So um, getting back to the story, I did learn during my time as an actress that I actually did not want to be famous, as I said. What I, what I found out I really loved about acting was the storytelling. Okay, so just the other day, I realized that the seeds for this podcast were actually planted close to 18 years ago. I think I first started listening to This American Life uh, sometime around 1999, I'm going to guess, the turn of the century. Oh my gosh, that makes me feel old. Anyway, I was obsessed with that show. Um, I loved how they would take a theme each week and then break it down into sections anywhere from two to four acts and explore the theme through essays and stories of everyday people. After listening to that show for a couple of years, I realized I really wanted to become a radio producer, but I felt stuck. I felt like I would need to go back to school for broadcasting, and I didn't have the money to do that. So... I ended up buying a how-to book from This American Life. I wish I could find it now. Um, They had published this little comic book style book showing exactly how they produced their show. It was so cool. Um, I also did some online research on how to produce radio stories and I bought this funny little mini disc recorder and a shotgun mic And I even went so far as to interview a woman who was temping at a law firm my husband worked at. So she had a great story. She was temping to save up money so she could return to Hawaii where she would live on the beach in a tent doing odd jobs. She, so fun. She had done this before and she would occasionally come back home to New York to make the money to go back to Hawaii. And I was totally fascinated that she was living that way and more than a little tempted to do the same, I will admit. Anyway, I never ended up editing the recorded interview. I'm sure I was doing some show and I think John and I were planning our wedding around that time. And then not long after that, we were expecting our first child and then life just rolled away with me. So, of course, my next big transformation was motherhood. I never expected to give up acting, but um, once I actually had my first child at 35, I realized that I was done with theater. I just couldn't imagine going back to putting in the kind of focus and energy into the auditions and rehearsals as I had before becoming a mom. And quite simply, I was smitten with being a mom. Uh, The thing is, a little trick, is I still needed to make money. And now I found myself with no real marketable job skills beyond like administrative assistant or customer service. And I was definitely not passionate about any of that. So anyway, I puttered along for several years doing part-time virtual assistant work. Um, Then we had a second child three years later and that virtual assistant job I was doing let me stay home with the two kids and I would work while they were napping. But truth be told, I hated the job. It was kind of weird. And when my younger son turned one, it got harder and harder to get work done because the napping schedule, you know, and two kids, it was crazy um, trying to juggling it. So the other thing that happened is I realized 
we really needed more income because I wasn't able to work enough hours uh, from home. Anyway, so I went back to work full time. Now, it was 2008, so you can guess what happened. I was on the job for four months and had just been promoted when the economy crashed and I was laid off. And it was scary. I was 40, year, 40 years old by now and unemployed. And I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up. I felt like an utter failure. So here's where I'm lucky. I'm lucky enough to have an awesome, loving husband. Thank you, John. And uh, when I got home and told him I'd been laid off and told him how scared I was and how lost I felt, he told me to sleep on it and then it would be better in the morning. Age-old wisdom. (laughs) So I did. And I woke up the next morning and turned to him and said, photography. I want to become a photographer. And mind you, this kind of came out of nowhere. I had always... um, I'd always appreciated good photography and I was constantly trying and failing to make good pictures with my point and shoot camera, but I'd never considered becoming a photographer. So anyway, crazy enough, he said, okay. So I used our credit card to buy my first real fancy camera and I enrolled in a photography course. It took me six months to find another job in that economy doing customer service in the end and It took three years to finish that photography course, but I tell you, I had a new passion and that made all the difference. So I worked at that job and I did photography as a side gig for many years. And I carried that fancy camera with me everywhere. Just ask anyone who knows me. Um, Carried a very big purse. Um, After several years, I found a part-time job that I thought would help me transition into doing photography full-time. Now, that job ended up becoming full-time, actually, and and I actually loved it. I I probably could have stayed there for the long haul, but there was a company restructuring, and they let me go. Hmm. Another failure. But this time, I realized this was my moment. I had the severance pay, and now I had the time to dig in and do photography full-time, and I was living the dream, really. So, you know, many years later, I can now really call myself a professional photographer, and I love it. I really do. Um, So now, let's see, we're getting close to present day. Thanks for bearing with me. (laughs) Anyway, a couple of years ago, just a couple of years ago, I had hit a bit of a wall. Um, I was having trouble managing my time. My energy was low, and I was heavier than I'd ever been. And I couldn't seem to focus. I was just constantly in overwhelm. I was overwhelmed by my busy schedule, just trying to get the kids to all their activities and build my photography business. And really, all I wanted to do was sleep. Uh, Oh my gosh, really, all I wanted to do was sleep. I would hit the snooze button every morning, hoping that nine more minutes in bed would do the trick, as if. And then I'd have to scramble to get the kids to school. Um, So at that point, I was 49. And I figured something had to give. What I was doing wasn't working. I felt like life was just barreling by me. My kids were getting older and I felt like they'd be out of the house before I knew it. And I kept thinking, at this rate, I'm going to wake up tomorrow and I'll be 80 years old wondering where the heck did my life go? 
So I decided to try something fairly extreme for me. Um, A good friend of mine had changed her diet and she had been so excited about her newfound energy and um, weight loss. And the thing is, is the diet she was on involved drinking shakes twice a day. And I was very judgy about food supplements and diet programs and shakes. But she had stuck with it for a long time and it made such a big difference for her that I decided to try it out. I thought, you know, what do I have to lose? I'll try it for 30 days. I'll see what happens. Well, after a couple of weeks, I started to feel more energy. Um, And no, I'm not about to sell you shakes or a diet program, so calm down. (laughs) Um, The point I'm trying to make is that I had to try something different from what I'd always done because what I had always done wasn't working for me anymore and about that same time I read Mel Robbins book the five second rule which was awesome and really blew my mind and I really started looking at my habits so inspired by her book I committed to getting up early every morning um, meditating and exercising before the kids were up which was key Um, I committed to doing that for 30 days just to see what it would do. Thinking about the whole like building a habit takes 30 days thing. Um, So changing my routine, that morning routine, totally changed everything. I suddenly had energy. I ended up losing close to 15 pounds probably. Although honestly, that whole thing with the diet wasn't about losing weight. It was really, I was trying to get focus and just feel better. Um, But anyway, more importantly, I started... At that point, I started feeling hopeful. I started to get really excited about my future. And so I had had been feeling like a failure and thinking it was too late to change anything. But changing just a few key habits had shifted everything for me. It was was crazy. Um, It was just a change in perspective, really. But it felt like everything. I felt healthier than ever. I was devouring books and podcasts about personal development. Yes, I am a self-help junkie. (laughs) Um, And I kept researching how to change habits. And yeah, I was just feeling hopeful again. The days were still flying by as they do when you get older. But now when I thought about being 80, I was seeing a whole new version of myself at that age. age. Um, I realized that it's quite possible, it's possible that I can stay healthy and that I want to be doing work I love as long as my body and mind are able. Um, I love being a photographer, but I knew it wasn't an end-all, be-all thing, and especially as I get older, you know. Um, And I realized there was nothing more I wanted to do other than to keep exploring this journey. Um, So I kept coming across inspiring stories of people who had turned their lives around. And that's when I got the idea for this podcast. Um, During my studies and talking to other friends, I started to realize that I wasn't alone. Other people my age were also struggling with feelings of inadequacy and frustration and burnout. Even people who look extremely successful to the rest of the world are feeling like they're missing something. You know, maybe they're unhappy with the shape they're in, or they could be in constant physical pain, uh, you know, as you get older. Maybe they feel like the work that they do doesn't even really matter. 
And maybe, you know, some of them are simply just putting in their time at their job until they can finally retire, feeling like it's so close and yet so far. And then feeling like, then what? It can be scary, right? I mean, you start to wonder, why am I still here? What's the point? Having lived their life um, or our lives with a laundry list of musts and shoulds, you know, maybe now we're all beginning to worry about how we're going to fill our time once retirement finally comes. And I, I think we all want to feel like we're contributing. We all want to wake up excited about what we get to do today. As a storyteller, I've always thought that stories have the power to change lives. Stories can plant the seeds of hope so people can see what's possible. So I had the idea to share inspirational stories and to create a community designed to help people in midlife bust through that feeling of being stuck and trapped. So this podcast is going to be about doing just that. And each episode, we're going to explore being in midlife and what it takes to live each day with excitement and energy. I just think that when we we reach a certain age, it just gets harder to try new things. There's a resignation that sets in and we think, "Eh, this is just simply who I am. It's too late to change. And what I want to do is encourage anyone who has a project on the back burner or has been struggling with feeling stuck to explore it, to take that chance, take that first baby step towards what you want and go for it. So here's the thing. Remember, I'm no expert (laughs) at all. I run into blocks all the time. Oh my gosh, learning how to produce a podcast? Are you kidding me? (laughs) Um, I'm going to make mistakes as I go, I'm sure. I'm going to stumble and I'm just going to try to laugh at myself and move on through the stumbles. I'm going to just embrace being a newbie at this thing right here with you. And I hope you'll join me every week. Oh, but you know what? Before you go, I want to read you some exerted lines, some some lines from a poem by Walt Whitman. You know, one of the great things about doing a podcast is you can do whatever the heck you want. So uh, what happened is as this as I was sitting down to record the first episode today, I took a moment to read Maria Popova's Brain Pickings blog, which, by the way, is amazing. Definitely subscribe. And she had included some lines from Walt Whitman's poem, Crossing Brooklyn Ferry. And the lines were so perfect for getting some perspective on where we're at in the world right now. So I just wanted to share them with you. If you get a chance, check out the full poem. Um, this is just little, little snippets. So here it is. Um, from Crossing Brooklyn Ferry by Walt Whitman. I am with you, you men and women of a generation, or ever so many generations hence. Just as you feel when you look on the river and sky, so I felt. Just as any of you is one of a living crowd, I was one of a crowd. It is not upon you alone the dark patches fall. The dark threw its patches down upon me also. The same old role, the role that is what we make it, as great as we like, or as small as we like, or both great and small. Signing off till next week. Thank you so much.